So guys, uh, here we are sitting at this round table. Uh, who are our cast of characters here? Who do, we, who do we got joining us today? You've got me, obviously. Michael. This is Michael. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> uh, my name is Jeremiah Schuler. I'm a Thrive leader and attendee. Yeah, man, I wonder who this other person is. And my name is Susan, and I'm your mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> who, who organized this? Uh, yeah, so uh, we're here to talk about prayer, and uh, you know, I know that uh, as awkward as it is for me to have a conversation with my mom about prayer, um, you know, there's just a number of different hats that uh, I know you've worn over the years, and one of them has more recently had to do a lot with prayer and spiritual formation, and uh, that there's just a lot of depth that you've experienced in prayer in recent years. And so uh, do you want to start by giving a little bit of an overview of um, just kind of what prayer means for you and just kind of why you're here talking about it? Uh, thank you. I would love to. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I've reflected on this and kind of knowing you would be asking some of these questions, uh, I think back and I think about the pieces of my faith that were so strengthened because of prayer um, such as when you were born. Oh my gosh! I know. Well, so here's uh, well, things like oh, man. I almost start. I almost like was gonna start this off by just letting you air out any like funny anecdotes about me to embarrass me in front no, of pride. I'm but not, see, now it's coming out anyway. This is like you're a two week old kid, and I remember saying to your dad, "We gotta start praying for him. Like we're behind." Just the sense of, like, here's this little creature who's coming to our home, and it's our responsibility as parents to pray for you. Um, and then when you went off to kindergarten at the public school, oh, my gosh, that was so frightening. Not really. But the sense of needing to pray for you in school. And so, as you know, um, being part of the Moms in Touch group. But the Moms in Touch was a group of women who came together every week to pray for their kids and the teachers in their schools. And so we would meet at somebody's house and we would pray kind of systematically. So we'd go through with adoration and confession and thanksgiving and supplication and these different pieces of prayer. And every week when we got to thanksgiving, it was thanksgiving for answered prayer. And I'd be, my eyes would be open and I'd realize, oh my gosh, God answered this prayer that we had prayed before. I wouldn't have recognized that apart from that. So it was prayer has been a big part of building my faith, hmm. which is kind of, uh, I wouldn't have planned it that way, but it's the truth of how it is. Hmm. Yeah. Can I actually just roll back even a bit further and, and just ask this question, you know, what, what would be some of the major milestones in just your spiritual journey to begin with? I mean, hmm. I know hmm. at least enough to know that, you know, you grew up yeah. in the Bible Belt in a place where there's a lot of cultural Christianity and probably a lot of cultural prayer, you know. So just, just to kind of yeah. fill out what prayer is meant for you, if you yeah. want to share a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, that's a great question because I would say what a privilege it is to grow up in a place where there's a lot of opportunity for spiritual growth, for where people invest in you or you have a youth group or you've got a Sunday school teacher or your family goes to church every Sunday, if for nothing else, else than the outfit that you're wearing, right? Um, but I think my more personal prayer life came in the hard times of when I was a kid. Because uh, some of you know my story, but I, I had a hard, 
hard upbringing. And every Wednesday night when my parents were at choir, I got terrorized by my two older brothers. And I would go to bed in tears, crying, and I would pray to God. I didn't realize I was praying to God. I would talk to him. I knew he was there. I never felt like he wasn't there in those times. And so that... um, where he would meet me in that place of being sad or feeling alone or feeling hurt or um, scared. Uh, I think that was a really important part of my spiritual formation. There were other pieces that were more formal, you know. Is it good to pray? Yeah, it's good to pray. Does God hear you when you pray? Yeah, he does. Uh, But it's that personal part that I think has been really meaningful for me. Yeah. So... You know, just continuing down this line a little bit of just what your own journey has been, just overall, spiritually, um, you know, just kind of take us up to the present. You know, like what has been significant for you in the last couple of years? And just maybe as you go into that, you know, just, I don't know, what, what, what role has prayer played in that? And, and I think when I say prayer, I'm talking like as broad as you can imagine, mm-hmm. not necessarily like you get on your knees and hold your hands, but just mm-hmm. um, that whole sphere of you relating to God. Yeah. I think it's really easy for us as Christians to have a really boxy idea of not only prayer, but God and how he feels about us. Um, And I think uh, for me and for many people, the idea that he's kind of ticked, but he'll, he'll, take us he'll accept us because of Jesus but just that just barely you know it's like well you know I'm wagging my finger and I'm shaking my head and I'm tapping my foot but because of Jesus come on in Um, and I think in the last couple of years because of some um, opportunities that I've had to really um, dwell on the nature of God um, the nature of the Trinity which God is love you know, the, the Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This, this definition of relational love is the foundation of everything. You know, the universe, creation, you, me. And the idea that God really, really loves me. He's delighted with me. And for me, that relational piece of prayer um, in conversation, it just changes everything. I mean, you know, I could talk to Jeremiah, but if, if he's not somebody that I enjoy being with, who I think enjoys maybe being with me, it's not as fun, right? Well, right. I'm sure no, I would totally talk agree. to Jeremiah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that perspective shift changed a lot for me. Um, and even the idea of spending time in prayer, not as my, oh, I want to pray for this and this and this and this, my laundry list of things but like I want to be in communication with the person who delights in me. I want to listen. I want to be without agenda sometimes. Um, and I, you know, just want to offer myself. And even just coming to the place where I want to pray those hard things like, hey, Lord, whatever it takes, make me wholly yours. Hmm. Like who wants to pray that, right? That's right. kind of a dumb prayer. <laughs> but, but, but... <laughs> But it's good. You know, it's good at the same time. Yeah. I think uh, as a small group leader, one thing I hear about quite often, one thing I've also like been 
really meditating, kind of like mulling over within my own spiritual journey in terms of Christianity, um, is there was a certain point where I started realizing that like the silence that God has for us is a response, right? And so I was wondering for you, is there ever a point in your journey where you thought to yourself, oh, I actually understand that God is constantly communicating mm. with me. Because one thing I hear all mm. the time is God does not respond, oh, right? And yeah. me personally, I don't know how to communicate to them. Well, like, no, God always does respond to you. Right. You just don't recognize when he's responding right. to you. So, like, is there, and I know this is a constantly evolving thing, but was there, like, a certain thing that helped you or a certain mm. moment within your own journey where you started to understand God is actually always responding and communicating with me. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think of two, two parts of the answers to that question. One is that God actually does answer prayer, mm-hmm. and sometimes very clearly. Because if we don't, you know, like, if we pray and we don't really expect an answer, then those things that seem to sort of, by happenstance, yeah. pop into our minds maybe we don't even recognize the answer to the prayer that we've just prayed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I remember times like that when I was challenged to, hey, you know what? You prayed this thing. It is according to his will. You know, it's not apart from what scripture says about him or his desires for you. Um, And so be attentive to things that might come into your mind that might not seem like they're from you. I'd be like, oh, well, I never thought of that. And getting you know, some answer to some prayer that was deliberate and um, specific and that I can even visualize, like, the answer to that prayer. And uh, and so there's that part. And then there's the part of, like, what happens when it feels silent? Um, God's God's always with you. You know, he's always um, uh, never abandons you. When he's not... um, giving you, you know, something that's either a visual or an audible or, you know, something that you can say is answered prayer, um, he may, he may be growing your presence in a, in a different way. Sometimes I explain it like this. Um, if any of you guys have been around little kids and they're six, seven, eight months old, Mm -hmm. and they're learning that when mommy disappears, she's not gone forever. So mommy's, you know, in the living room, kids sitting up on the floor and mommy goes into the kitchen and the baby starts to cry because mommy's now gone eternally, right? But then mom peeks her head around the corner, and there she is again. Well, those times of silence and absence, absence, right. not real absence, are the times when God's teaching us and he's training us that he's still there. And we're, we're having the honor of um, being grown up in our faith to know in faith that he is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, man, that just resonates at a personal level. I, I feel like like my prayer life a lot of times thrives on desperation. And that the times in my prayer life that have been worse, not just prayer life, just, you know, spiritual life in general, have just been times where, like, things are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when desperation comes in, you actually kind of begin to hunger a little more um, for God to become real. And, and oftentimes that desperation is fueled by a sense of absence. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like very often that sense of absence and the desperation that accompanies with it accompanies it is actually the very sign that God is inviting you into something. Mm-hmm. And right. I think you even see that in Scripture. Like if you read in Song of Solomon, there's this whole interplay partway through the book where, you know, lover and beloved are apart from each other. And, you know, the, 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 the beloved can't figure out where... 
um, her, her lover went and she goes and looks for him all over the city and can't find him. And then he shows up. And there's kind of this interplay of absence, presence, absence, yeah. presence. And that, that actually is what kind of fuels and cultivates their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, the, and the, the thing that happens is that people who are expecting, you know, they have an agenda for how things should look and that God should answer and it should look like this. It doesn't look that way for them. Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't respond in the way that he, they think that he will. And they go, oh, you know what? I tried that prayer thing. Didn't work for me. Right. Tried that Jesus thing. Didn't work for me because, you know, there I was on my knees and I didn't hear anything. I didn't experience anything. When they're really like right on the cusp of a breakthrough to a, a different level of um, faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even just riffing yeah. off that really quick, then just had another question I was going to ask here. But man, you know, like going back to what was said earlier about the way that sometimes um, God's sense of absence is actually this really profound invitation. You know, I feel like very often you, know, you hear stories about people who kind of walk away from faith because, oh man, God didn't answer this prayer. When in reality, like that is this symptom that maybe you weren't actually trying to get God, you were trying to get something from God. And so when God doesn't answer that prayer, I mean, yeah, he's, he's thwarting you. So that way you'll get weaned off of whatever the little trinket was that you wanted from him mm-hmm. in order to have him, which is far better. And of course, you know, I don't want to downplay just the significance of the things that we do ask for in prayer that sometimes aren't answered. And that's a whole other category of why sure. those prayers don't get answered. But, um, you know, I just think it's so powerful when sometimes God um, says, hey, I want to take your desires and train them to be fixed on me rather than right. on just all these things that you can get right. from me. Right. And we think of that as as kind of like this oh, I have to take calculus my senior year of high school. That's going to be such a drudgery. You know, like, okay, Lord wants to discipline me to want only him so I don't get to get all these other fun things. And I, you know, you know like, it, but it's not. It's like he's so excited to be with us. And he's like rooting for us and wooing us and inviting us. And so he's willing to put those really hard obstacles in our way so that we listen you know, so that we're not distracted with our, our um, desires all the time. Okay, so, so I want to ask another question. So one thing that I hear in both that and then in just a lot of other things that have come up already is like this really prominent theme of knowing that you know that you know the character of God mm-hmm. and just the huge importance that plays in prayer. Right. Um, and I almost feel like there's been hints that there's actually a bit of a story there for you in terms of how that understanding of who God is has changed. I mean, could you just maybe go a little deeper into what that story is? Yeah. Maybe just even highlight like a couple yeah. of the, the really significant milestones and whatever kind of detail you feel comfortable with. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realize this at the time, but a lot of that story literally came within six months of me praying, Lord, whatever it takes, make me wholly yours. Hmm. Oops. Oops. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then hello, hard time. Hello, childhood stuff that I thought I had dealt with and slayed and laid to rest. Um, you asked for something you didn't know you wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, no. It's, but, but here's the thing is like, if what I want in life is a job that is secure and easy and, you know, people to love me, all those things, I can go a certain way. But what I really want is for the Lord to make me holy his. And um, so, yeah, I, I encountered some really tricky dynamics and some significant friendships that I had 
um, enough so that those friendships um, didn't part ways, but definitely took on a completely different flavor. Um, I, uh, you know, dived back into some healing that I needed from some childhood wounds that were uh, significant, you know, childhood sexual abuse. Um, I had the opportunity to be in a cohort of other pastors uh, in something called Soul Formation Academy that spent time, like, uh, meditating on the nature of God, um, learning some of those disciplines of being in His presence just in silence uh, and not cluttering up that space with my own agenda um, so yeah there is that kind of answering your question is there I know you know more than I'm saying I don't know I'm yeah I, well I so so like if, if those are some of the the steps along the way the milestones along the way that kind of led to just this shift in yeah your, in just your understanding of who God is in his heart yeah um, you know would you be able to flesh out a little bit more of just sort of just that what what was it like to kind of have yeah. who God is kind of change gradually before yeah. your eyes. You know, how did that just affect how you see life, how you see yeah. him, just everything? Yeah, I think I, I think that there were a lot of places in my life where I didn't realize that I was operating um, under the assumption that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't, um, that you know, I was operating kind of in a shame mode. Um, and I think just um, really understanding God's, it's the gospel. It's, it's so simple and so profound. It's like God loves you and he died for you. And, and I've known that since I was a, a baby. But having that be something that um, came to life in a new way was was in part through some of the disciplines of prayer. Okay, so one question I want to ask is about the character of God. I mean, just one thing that I've really been hearing in this is that the character of God, like your understanding of his heart, is just really crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, so could you just say a little bit about what the story has been for you and just growing in your understanding of who God is yeah. um, and his heart yeah. for you? Yeah, there were uh, there were a couple couple parts of that. Um, I would say one is just seeing kind of side by side my Sunday school version of who God is with um, our world and my own broken heart, my own sinful heart, uh, and seeing like somehow you know the Sunday school version. Is, is helpful if you're in second grade, third grade, fourth grade. Uh, and then we grow up. And so we, we see in scripture like God's heart for his people and how he transforms us and gives us the mind of Christ and how we're new creatures. You know, the old has passed away and, and the new has come. And I just, I kind of came to this place in my own life where I was like, man, I, I don't know how to do that. Like, I just don't know how to do that. I'm mean to my husband every day and I'm snarky with my own son. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, (laughs) and I I look at the world and I I look at the nation of um, Christians here in America and, you know, we have people who are uh, confessing Christ and our nation is 
in some ways different than some other nations, but I don't know that it actually reflects the mind and heart of God. And so just coming to him and saying, like, either, either you are who you say you are and you're able to save and redeem and make me right, like scripture says, or, or you're not. And so thank you very much. But, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't ready to turn my back on faith and religion, but I was certainly like, I needed more. And I think that that, that hunger and that thirst he gives to us oftentimes, and sometimes it just makes us mad and we don't realize that that actually is hunger and thirst from him. And he's saying, come on, come on. I gave you this heart that longs for me. So when you long for me, come to me. And you come to him in, in, in prayer and, and, you know, presence and uh, that kind of thing. Michael and I were talking about this on a walk, six feet apart. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, because we're... Uh, <laughs> because we're totally... We're six feet apart now, right? Now. right? Yeah. yeah. You guys can't tell. We're editing <laughs> this. And um, I said, the more I discover how bad I am, the more I end up loving God. Yeah. It's, I feel like that's kind of that process in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because in the very beginning of that, I feel like you look at people and it's with a sense of pride. And yeah. it's like, oh, I'm better. I'm like, I'm setting the standard and you're not meeting this and you're all terrible. But then God flips that narrative and goes... Yeah look, dude, you're really bad. <laughs> like, you're a narcissist. <laughs> and like an egomaniac, and you like check yourself. Yeah. And I feel like, and that's when, when the Bible kind of talks about how he creates one body and we're all supposed mm-hmm. to like work together in harmony, right? And I feel like an amazing thing about God's love is that you're able to see those faults and you recognize those and you're able to be like, okay, you're bad, I'm bad, um, but God's great and let's mm-hmm. like really bond over that greatness, right? Sure. And... I feel like that's, to me, what makes you look at the, like, the evil in the world and you just realize, oh, the only remedy for that is God. He's the mm-hmm. only one who brings that together because we're just in a constant natural state of deterioration, a constant natural state of just sin, 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 backstabbing. Like, um, the closest people in our lives just will inevitably hurt each other more yeah. than anybody else, right? And it's only God who like, comes back and consistently like heals those things. Well, and the funny thing is, is you can stay in that place where it's pointed to others for your whole life. Mm-hmm. And then you become kind of this just angry, cynical person. Really bad. Like everybody is an idiot, right? Right. But um, by God's grace, he allows you to see yourself in that. Um, and, and as you do that and come to the end of yourself, then, you know, he's right there. I remember um, in college, I was leading a women's devotional thing. I was trying so hard to please God. And so I was doing this thing for him. I was going to church. And I was part of this small group. And I was leading this women's devotional thing in my sorority. And I was exhausted. And I finally just like go, ah, oh, I just can't do this anymore. And for the first time, I remember, oh, that's why Jesus died for me. is because mm-hmm. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that... That changes everything. Yeah. That that wall is such a gift from him. And so we I and now I eagerly embrace the idea that he's gonna bring me to the end of myself because it's good things that happen there. Mm-hmm. Um I used to run like the Dickens from that thing. So let me just be sure I've got this straight here. What you're saying is that the process of really coming to a deep understanding of God's heart that has changed so many things for you was a process that basically took like 50 years and pain well just yes 50 years i when i'm 50 i'll let you know 
<laughs> no, right. Yeah, no, it takes a long time. And so the... the you discovered that there's more than one rock bottom. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's literally like 90 floors of that. Yeah. And it's like every time you hit a rock bottom. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like 24. I'm like, I hit rock bottom. Yeah. And then like two no, months later, I'm like, oh, wait, there's another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, just, yeah, you know, like talk a bit about like how that feels to know that, you know, man, it really takes that long. And actually, after that, I'd just love to, you know, maybe get yeah. our response. You know, here we are as a yeah. couple of young bucks. And um, it's just interesting to kind of hear that, man, this journey has really taken decades. I, mean, I think by God's grace, we don't know that at the time. I mean, think about it. Like, you have moments where you feel good about the Lord and where your relationship with him is. He doesn't let you know ahead of time, hey, you've got a bottom out here and a bottom out there, and you know, you're going to hit rock bottom 900 times before you are 37. You'd be so overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I we've think that's a, his we've grace. Got, we've got a bright future. I know, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that he, uh, he gives us the grace in those moments. And I, I, I really distinctly remember my hardest season has been probably in the last two, three years. And there were absolute points of his grace along the way, like so clear that I could see him and just enough that I knew that I knew he was in it. And, and it was reassuring to me, like, I'm here. I haven't gone away. I don't not see you. You'll get through this. Um, but, uh, you know, they weren't every day. And they weren't as often as I might have liked to have them be, but they were there, and it was it was so great to have those along the way. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to say just a little bit about what that has meant for your prayer life? Hmm. I you know it's funny. I feel like I have a kid's perspective on the gospel for the first time in the last couple of years. And I didn't do that. Like I didn't do anything for that except pray that dumb prayer of Lord, whatever it takes, make me wholly yours. <laughs> Can you explain what a kid's perspective is? For a kid's perspective know? is like, Oh, I just saw a sea star for the first time. Right. Look at it. Look, you can pick it up and it, it moves and it's amazing. Right. So just the, the wonder of God's love for me. Mm-hmm. is new it's like it's just new mm-hmm. and so whereas I'm a person who strives and I'd love to look great all the time in front of people every moment um, what I what I f- have sensed him doing is replacing that with bringing me down in, in many respects and then allowing him to fill me up so that I get to overflow I just feel like it's it's a season of overflowing. Will it always be like that? Who knows? You know, like we don't get to pick. There's not a formula, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what would you say to, I mean, obviously this is mostly going to be heard by people who are in their 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, what would you say to that audience when... Yeah. You know, we're here now really trying to explore, you know, how does God become more real to me? Yeah. Whether that's in prayer or otherwise, you know, what would, yeah. what would your 
response be? Yeah, that's a great question. I would think of a few things. Um, I think if if you don't read scripture at all, start reading it some and pay attention to who God says he is. If you don't pay attention to anything else, pay attention to who he says he is and what he says he'll do. Um, because that's, that's pretty overwhelming uh, in the best way. Um, I would say be completely honest with him. Don't put on your, you know, what I call Sunday school answers. Don't act like you need to act or say the things you need to say because you think you should um, to him. Be completely honest. He knows. Like, it's not a surprise to him. He knows how you really do feel and what you really are wrestling. So wrestle, 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 wrestle hard. And on those things that don't make sense to you, I remember... Um, coming across some scripture when I was in my young 20s and I'd be like oh how did that get in the bible oh my gosh we've had some of those conversations but (laughs) wrestle with those you know God is up to all of the things that uh, you think are going to be a deal breaker between you and him there are no deal breakers between Hmm. you and him except our own willfulness and and desire not to not to be with him Hmm. yeah and what would you say to someone who just really feels like they don't have any hope for themselves that they could ever kind of come to a place where um, there's just that deep abiding joy and satisfaction in a relationship with God. Yeah. That's gets me kind of emotional. Um, God's heart breaks over every person who is in that place and he so longs to just pull you in and he just he just wants you to be next to him he's delighting over you with singing and uh the biggest lie um of the enemy of our souls is that he's abandoned you he's he he doesn't love you um he could never love you that thing you did is a deal breaker uh, and uh, and that's just not true. It's never been true. It'll never be true. And so, yeah, I would just say believe that God is good and that he loves you because it's true. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like that is a process. You know, it's just kind of one yeah. of the overriding themes, I think, of yeah. all of this. Well, and even uh, I had this happen the other day. Yesterday, in fact... I caught myself in a place where I really didn't want to kind of think about God or I just I just wanted to do my own thing. I didn't want to do anything bad or you know mm-hmm. sinful particularly, but I just was kind of near break. Mm-hmm. And I I felt my back turn a bit and he called it to my attention mm-hmm. in, in my mind and my spirit whatever. And and I was like, "No." He's okay for me to turn my, you know, I can say that, I can name that. It is a sinful attitude when I want to go my own way, even if it's not to go, you know, do something illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he graciously brought that to my attention, and so I could turn back and go, yeah, no, I, I want you to teach me through this time when I want to turn my back on you. Like, what do you have to show me? Teach mm-hmm. me through that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Well, uh, can I throw out one last concluding question? So... My last concluding question is, do you have any embarrassing stories or 
just little facts that you feel like the rest of the Thrive community should know about their local director? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, This could be the worst decision I've ever made in my entire life here, but my fingers are crossed. I'm just going to hold back on this one. (laughs) Can I? Oh, man. I have so many. Do people know about your puzzle? Oh, I don't know. I no, don't know. What, as, as no. no why, well, I mean, Amanda probably knows. No. But, yeah. Okay, well, maybe I won't tell that one. Okay. <laughs> Should I tell that one? Well, I don't yeah. know. Just whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when Michael was little, he knew letters and stuff early on, and so he had this puzzle, this alphabet puzzle, and there was a row of letters that went G, H, I, J, K, L, and M, and he used to stack those up. They were little wooden letters and carry them around with him all the time. But his favorite were the K and the L, and so he carried those around most of the time. And uh, I just remember that about you. (laughs) And I remember you had a very contrite heart. So when we would punish you, which wasn't that often, you would bury your face in the corner and cry very, very hard. Yeah. Wow. Look at you in touch with your emotions. (laughs) Well, I've, man, I... I guess I'll have to go on a journey of working through all of that stuff. Yeah, well, we'll pay for it if you need some. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been great. Uh, Thank you so much, both of you. Thanks, you guys. That was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. All right.